Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust, a podcast for digital transformation leaders where we discuss the latest cyber attack issues, enterprise security strategies, and current security events so that you can successfully accelerate network and security transformation. And now here's what's on our mind this week. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us again today. It's Pam Kubitowski, Senior Director of Transformation Strategy here with Lisa Lorenzo. Also Senior Director of Transformation Strategy with Zscaler. <laughs> so we're really glad that you tuned in again because we have a great topic to talk about today. You know, uh, recently, the executive order that President Biden signed is all about improving the nation's cybersecurity and, and protect the federal government's networks, right? And, you know, it's going to help the federal government avoid and respond to malicious events like, well, the one that happened about a week ago now to the East Coast pipeline. You know, it's interesting, Lisa, I found was when you started to research what occurred, right, relative to, again, the East Coast pipeline, they had an actual independent audit done. What I found was over two years ago that clearly articulated, in quotes, the atrocious information management practices and patchwork of a poorly connected and secured system. The firm told the Associated Press just recently that blows my mind, right? That that this has been going on for some time relative to them in their poor practices and so forth. And right now, relative to that and to what's going on, what is the EO and why is everyone so excited about it? That's a great question. And it is definitely timely. So the White House's new executive order drives the federal government towards more secure systems cloud-enabled solutions, zero-trust security, multi-factor authentication, and really modernization of security. There are a few really interesting things that it does, and then there are a number of topics and initiatives involved. One of the ones that I'm the most interested to see is that we're establishing a cybersecurity safety review board, and it has members from both the public and private sector. If you're familiar with the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board, they go and investigate accidents, plane crashes, train wrecks, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna have a similar thing for cybersecurity. It'll review cybersecurity incidents, share best practices, and really provide guidance for continuous monitoring and improvement of cybersecurity infrastructure. And you're gonna hear that a lot. Continuous monitoring and improvement or CMI is the new buzzword in federal mm -hmm. cybersecurity. And at a high level, Lisa, what does it do? Well, among other things, Biden is directing the Commerce Department to write new standards for software vendors supplying the federal government. So there'll be a cybersecurity rating system similar to restaurant health grades, also mandating multi-factor user authorization for new technology, additional encryption, and it's all under this larger policy of continuous monitoring and improvement. This applies to all levels across the public sector federal, state and local, educational, Department of Defense. Hmm. And there's a number of different initiatives that support this. One of them is information sharing. The idea is to improve the capture of data, the ability to share that data and generate analytics across agencies at a variety of different levels. Another one is IT modernization. We really want to embrace transformational cybersecurity architectures. And this is including, but definitely not limited to adopting a zero trust approach for public sector security. The software supply chain is still on everyone's mind. Mm -hmm. And one of the goals there is to develop new and improved supply chain compliance requirements. 
So you might've heard of SBOM or the Software Bill of Materials. And the idea here is when you get a piece of hardware, when you buy a physical item, you can get a bill of materials that tells you exactly what's included. And we're starting to see an adoption of a years long effort to codify and standardize a software bill of materials that would allow you to ensure that the software that you're installing is compliant with your requirements, that you know exactly what's included when you load that onto your systems. Another initiative is the government cyber playbook. This will standardize tracking, mitigation, and responses to cybersecurity incidents. There are, of course, initiatives around endpoint detection and response, or EDR. And here, again, we want to develop, improve, and integrate cybersecurity detection, analysis, and response so that all of the infrastructure is equally protected and has full visibility. And then finally, for investigation and remediation, there is an incredible amount of work that needs to be done to improve these capabilities and to protect the data that's generated here. Lisa, wow, that is a lot of different initiatives going on. And it's kind of, again, kind of a high level perspective of them. Do we have more details that we can tie into to, to give those listening some more details around that, these initiatives? Absolutely. One of the details then would be the order requires the development of a federal cloud security strategy and reference architecture within 90 days. And my gosh, for the public sector, that is light speed, right? Mm -hmm. Agencies are being required to develop zero trust plans within 60 days. And so again, they're really getting this rolling fairly quickly. There's going to be a modernization of the FedRAMP program itself. And there'll be a lot of different reviews going on for existing components of federal guidance. Just as an example, within 60 days, OMB, the Office of Management and Budget, is going to review the Federal Acquisition Regulation, or FAR, and the Defense Federal Acquisition Regulation Supplement, or DFARS, because you know we love our acronyms. <laughs> so OMB is going to review the FAR and DFARS contract requirements and the language for contracting with service providers. And this is interesting too, because it's not just for IT or information technology. It's also for OT or operational technology. So we're really focusing on protecting broad ranges of technology. There may be recommended updates to ensure that service providers can collect and preserve information and reporting, share that with the federal government, cooperate with federal cybersecurity investigations, share cyber threat information. So that's one of the things that's going on. Another one is the initiative to modernize the federal government cybersecurity. It ranges from adopting security best practices, which what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. Well, we've got a ton of guidance from NIST and other standards organizations. One of the interesting things to me personally is that this directive includes accelerating the movement to secure cloud services mm -hmm. across all of software as a service, infrastructure as a service, and platform as a service clearly directly relevant to Zscaler. We're more like security as a service, but we protect all of those functions. And then also centralizing access to drive analytics for managing cybersecurity risk, and importantly, investing in technology and personnel to meet those goals. Around the supply chain security, this is one of the areas that is the most challenging because we don't actually have terrific tools for supply chain security today. A software bill of materials is a good step in that direction, but I will note that activity has been going on in that space for literally years now, and it's taken it a while to get off the ground. So 
while this directive is going to help that happen, there's also a recognition that this might be a little harder. Within a year, NIST has been directed to publish guidelines for enhancing software supply chain security. The drafts of those guidelines will be issued within 180 days. And also, there are going to be consultation for guidance around practices to enhance security on everything from secure software development environments, artifacts that demonstrate compliance, automated tools to maintain the source code of these tools, automated tools to check for vulnerabilities and remediate those vulnerabilities, and maintaining accurate and up-to-date information about the origin of software code or components. Some really interesting nuggets in here. One of the biggest challenges with the software supply chain is that in a lot of cases, a vendor writing software doesn't write every line of code themselves. They bring in third-party code that is open source or they license code. For example, nobody writes their own TLS libraries or encryption tools today because they're really difficult to do securely. So you want to find a well-known, trusted source for that kind of code. But man, if there's a bug in that code, or worse yet, if that code is somehow compromised, there are a lot of software components and software products that could be silently affected. Mm -hmm. So a software bill of materials, the idea of provenance for software components really helps to introduce transparency into where that code comes from and what dependencies might exist. My head's kind of spinning right now. There is a ton going on and, and I'm so grateful that it's happening. I wish it would have happened already, but it's underway. With that being said, for Zscaler, we've been around for a number of years. How can we actually help organizations? How do we tie into all of this and help um, the initiatives that are happening? Well, you know we have our Zero Trust Exchange, and that helps agencies to improve security, reduce cost and complexity, and deliver a better user experience in the process. As a FedRAMP certified partner, we meet the highest standards of government compliance. And we work with customers at all levels of the government to improve their security and help facilitate cloud transformation. Agencies can move their TIC security controls and other advanced security services to our cloud platform, and they'll get unparalleled visibility, security, and control over traffic to their software as a service applications and the internet, as well as infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, or traditional data center applications. Because the Zero Trust Exchange protects data both in motion and at rest, we can ensure the confidentiality and integrity of that data. And we partner with other leading security providers to help ensure security teams have full visibility and shared threat intelligence across their environments. So we offer a huge range of benefits to the public sector that will help them meet these requirements and live up to the directives that are coming out. We also provide the same functionality, obviously, in the commercial world. It really comes down to, there are a set of things that we all know that we need to do. We need to provide secure communication between users and resources. We need to ensure that only authorized traffic transits our networks. We need to protect the data that makes up some of the most sensitive information in our environments. And we need to ensure also that we have full visibility and control over who goes where and what they do. These aren't new requirements. I think what the executive order on cybersecurity has done is it's really put some weight and some urgency behind mm -hmm. the federal government's IT modernization and security transformation. Now we have to see whether the funding comes along with it. But assuming we do, this could be a real game changer for public sector security. And Zscaler is here to help navigate that transformation. 
this has been great information. Um, there's a lot, this really broke it down very easily to understand what's going to be expected, how the structure is going to be put in place and so forth. So that's great. Thank you so much, Lisa. I think for all of you listening out there, Lisa and I spend our days talking to prospects, to peers, to customers, just to people in the industry. And some of the things that I find is there are IT organizations out there really just holding on and they don't want to change. They don't, you know, they, they understand they should be changing, but they haven't started and embraced that transformation yet. And the scary part is they have to stop thinking about if something would ever happen to their organization and they have to really change their mindset and think about when will it happen and prepare so that in the event there is something that occurs, they can quickly mitigate and or stop it before it ever happens. But it's not about going ahead and taking that seat and saying, ah, it's not going to happen to us because I'm sure all the companies um, that have been affected have thought that at some point. Couldn't agree more. That, thank you all for joining us. And we look forward to talking to you all again sometime soon. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you, Pam. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust with myself, Lisa Lorenzen, and my colleague, Pam Kubiatowski. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. Pam and I are directors of transformation strategy at Zscaler. You can find our profiles on LinkedIn or reach out to us and other CXO transformation leaders in the Zscaler CXO community LinkedIn group. Zscaler is a zero trust exchange inline cloud security provider for some of the largest companies on the Forbes Global 2000. Find out more about Zscaler at zscaler.com and copyright 2021.